Hello everyone and I hope you're having a fantastic day or morning wherever you are whatever time it is evening uh today this is the first episode of the seed podcast I'm really glad to have you guys here uh today I wanted to talk about esports actually I don't know how many of you guys know about esports I'm guessing since you clicked on this video or this podcast rather that you know somewhat about esports but uh, yeah, I, w- I wanted to talk about esports because there's so much going on uh, within esports nowadays. Um, so you had this, uh, if you follow esports, there's been, there's been this big thing with, uh, for example, Face Clan, one of the biggest uh, esports orgs and and like just lifestyle brands in general. Uh, like their stock has just, it's just, it's just destroyed. I wait. Let me check how much it is right now. Um, because they're they were valued, yeah. So they were valued at like a billion, like a year ago or something. Like before they went public, which was not too long ago, they they were valued at like a billion or like nine nine hundred million dollars or something like that. Now, Phase Clan is at. Point four, forty-four cents. I think that is in dollars. So point forty-four U.S. dollars, zero point forty-four U.S. dollars, um, which is insane. Like they've, like FaceClan has been going down so much, and. Um, Yeah, uh, like, especially, um, you know, with with uh, a lot of esports as well, it's been coming out that you know there it's not profitable. A lot of companies are not earning money on esports, uh, and I think that's also a reason why basically every esports org is is private because they are not. Um, they are not earning money, essentially. And you know, if you're saying if you're a private company, you have no, you don't need to disclose your financial information. But if you're public, you need to. And like for example, Face Clan just what was it like a few days ago? They released their uh, financial statements, and uh, they reported fifty three million dollars in losses. Like they have increased revenues, increased revenues, but they still uh, reported fifty-three million dollars in losses. Like that's insane. Like they they so apparently this is this is from the article. They it's Q four face clans Q four financial results was $70 million in revenue over the year with $53 million in losses or like net loss. So not, not in losses. They lost more. Uh, so that's that's crazy. They lost like 
$53 million. Net loss, $53 million. Even $70 million in revenue couldn't, you know, keep them above. They still lost $53 million. That's insane. But yeah, so so esports, you know, it's been proven that it's not not uh not anything that that's making revenue right now and and a lot of a lot of um a lot of esports uh brands and companies or whatever you want to call call them organizations probably is a better word they are they are uh uh what is it called like they, they have been like massive layoffs and, and and things like that um and one of like a really big brand uh, CLG Counter Logic Gaming just recently well they didn't announce but it's been kind of like said that they're selling their brand and they were owned by Madison or or whatever it's called like the ones who own Madison Square Garden uh i think i think it was um so they're selling and laying having layoffs uh i think 100 thieves another e- big esports org also started like laying off a bunch of people tsm one of the biggest esports organizations in in uh, in the world um also started laying off people and and like apparently they're leaving uh leaving some of the some of the sports uh, esports they're in so yeah it's it's in it's interesting it's it's crazy how how uh, how bad it's going for esports especially because like just recently or not too long ago when the overwatch league and and like Esports was huge, and esports is huge. Like, I I think more people watch the League of Legends World Championship. Um, so more people watch the the World Championship of a game than people that watch the Super Bowl. Like, that's insane. So, there there is a lot of interest here, but there's. For some reason, like there's no way to make it profitable. At least no one has found a way to make it profitable, which is very interesting. As a business major, especially, I I keep on thinking how. Like I I'm trying to put myself in in the, like an org owner's shoes. And trying to imagine what they're doing and what they can do. To. Uh, you know gain money but it's hard i know for face clan at least like they spent so much money on on artists and and like celebrities which in the end you know it, it was just money out nothing coming in because all of these deals that they had with celebrities they didn't really do anything with it so of course that's not that's not a way you want to be spending your money right like if you're spending money you would want 
you would want that um that money like if you're you're investing in in a celebrity you're paying for this deal so you would want something back so it's it's crazy to me that for example face clan signed uh, uh Snoop Dogg for example i think he's only appeared like once on like an instagram post <laughs> and other than that he's he's like never done anything for face clan which which and they paid him millions of dollars and it's kind of like okay but why are you paying them millions of dollars if they're not doing anything and it's not like they even needed the money anyway so so it's kind of it's really like some of these business decisions are so so weird to me and it's even more interesting because like these decisions at, at least in the case of face clan right these decisions are made by like Wall Street guys or 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 these people in suits. So they're they're made by business people, I guess, because most of the board at FaceClan is business people. Like it's not even the members that are owning all the stock. It's it's business people, like rich these these multimillionaires, billionaires are owning most of the FaceClan stock along with all these artists and celebrities that they're, you know, paying to join the clan or whatever join the org but but to me it just doesn't make any sense and i don't understand how these these decisions can come from business people because it doesn't make any sense that you're paying this much money but you're not getting anything back like there's no nothing in this deal that says that they have to participate in 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 um in activities or anything like that like if 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 you're paying millions of dollars for like look at all the other brand brand deals and, and things like that with uh like clothing brands and stuff of course it's not the same but at least you know as an example when nike is paying millions like millions and millions and millions of dollars to get an athlete like a brand deal athlete with an athlete they that athlete is using their product and it's like marketing their product and doing you know advertising and things like that for nike but in the case of face clan they have this multi-million dollar deals with celebrities that end up they end up doing nothing for the organization itself and i it, like i don't understand how how that's possible especially if it's coming from people in suits so the, these guys who are you know rule like um like uh, how can i say managing or or you know making all the decisions about face they are supposed to be business people and i kind of like i wonder like aren't they supposed to know about this or cuz cuz to me as a business major it's, it's kind of like what i'm scratching my head and i feel like you don't even have to be a business major like you don't have to study study business to understand that what you're doing is stupid i i, <laughs> I don't know it's just so so dumb to me like i i can't understand what the what the hell they're doing like it's man i yeah 
it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like from a business standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. They're not getting any value of anything they're doing. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's really interesting. It's really weird. But yeah, so now Face Clan is basically collapsing. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know, but it feels like it's gonna get unlisted because it's not going up. Like the stock is not going up. So, I, and I think if you're under. Uh, I don't exactly know because I'm not a Wall Street guy, but if you're under a certain certain amount, like if you're if you're worth it's under a certain amount, then you will get unlisted from from Wall Street. So, and I think Face is under that amount, and if they stay there for over a month or something, they're gonna get unlisted. So, I'm pretty sure that will happen. Well, I feel like it would happen at least. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then, as I said, like a lot of other organizations are are having layoffs and and uh, like quitting uh, and things like that, which is is crazy. How how things are going so wrong in in uh, in esports, and I people have already touched on this, but one of the biggest problem with esports is that the orgs like in the end the one who owns the ip has most of the power so for example in like in sport like no one owns basketball no one owns hockey but there are people making a game like if you're playing League of Legends or or, or Valorant or, or Call of Duty or something like that, like that's that's a company own owns IP. A company owns that IP. So you have to follow like you can't just use it because it's their IP, right? And that means like a, a lot of brand deals and, and like TV deals. Uh, like they don't exist. Like for example, with the NHL, right? You have altitude for for Colorado, I think. Uh, so the Colorado Avalanche and in the NHL, NHL, they are. If you want to watch their games, at least in Colorado or in or something like that, you have to watch it on altitude. Like altitude is is Colorado, and then you have the MSG network for like New Jersey and and New York and and whatnot. So you have these TV brand deals and then you also have like stadium deals um like sponsorships uh and things like that. But in esports, you can only as an organization, the only way you can earn money is through selling merchandise. Um of course, these contracts that take uh some of the income earned by by uh, your your content creators and 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 professional players uh, when they're streaming and things like that as well and then usually from what i've heard the the prices so like if if you're if you're if your team is winning a tournament like most of that prize pool if not all goes to the goes to the players which 
you know, to me makes a lot of sense. Uh, Business-wise, I wouldn't want to have it like that. I would prefer to take some piece of that pie, uh, business-wise. Um, and I guess maybe there you could even have an argument that, you know, yeah, that's how it should be because, like, all the facilities and... and um, the practicing like training facilities and and uh, all of that is is handled by the organization right so they're paying for all of that for the team so maybe it's just fair that the prize money some of it goes to uh, goes to the organization like 10 20% i don't know uh but yeah, that would be another way you can earn money as an as an esports org, right? But most, I don't think most, I don't think I don't know what esports org do, but I've heard that a lot of them don't. Uh, apparently, they don't take uh, prize money, which also in another way like makes sense to me because the players are the one playing and performing, right? If they if they're doing well and if they win, they should be rewarded. Um. So yeah, but still, it's uh, what what else? How how else could you earn money as an esports org? Like most of it comes down to like streaming and and brand deals and and things like that. And that would be you know having having um, like sponsors on your on your shirts, for example. Like your team clothing could have the sponsor sponsors on them and and things like that. Um. Yeah, like either way, the you don't have as much choice as you would have in in traditional sports, and most of that boils down to the fact that the the games are owned by a company, so the IP is owned by a company, which you know that that removes another piece of you know revenue. Uh, that you could potentially have because let's say you own if you're an organization and you own an ip actually scrap that like in football for example you could make football gear and you can make football and i'm talking about soccer for americans i'm european so <laughs> yeah so like soccer or football you could make gear for that you can make you know the ball uh for that yourself and sell it like that's fine but when it comes to a game that's owned by someone else the ip is owned by someone else you can't make items and things in game and sell it and get money because it's like you don't own you don't own the game so so you can't do that the only people who can do that are you know the people who made the game and who who owns the IP. Some, of course, some some uh, esports leagues, they actually sell items like team items and, and things like that for for uh, uh, for players and and fans to buy in game. So and and some of that revenue goes to the teams then. But it's still, it's not the same as if you made an item and sold it and you get all the revenue because now you're still splitting 
that revenue, like in-game revenue with with the game company, right? So, yeah. And then we also have the fact that, like, esports players, I think their salary, at least in the U.S., lies around, like, it's about, like, 75K, I think. Um, I, I don't remember if that's correct, but I think it's about 75K. Uh, which it's I mean it's higher it's higher than a lot of common like common jobs and uh, and of course like to me I guess that makes sense because you're playing professionally like you're you're committing your whole life like all of your time to this so i guess it makes sense but still like some and some of these players you know they if they're really good at the game if if they are the lebron james or something of of their game they are commanding a high price like they can command millions maybe not well yeah millions i i would say for for the very best at least like one or two million probably for the very best. So it's it's like Yeah, it, it's it's hard because you're spending a lot of money, you're flying them out, you're you're taking care of them, you know. And then of course you're paying out a, a quite a high salary. Um not to mention like since more of more more and more of the leagues uh, like esports leagues and stuff are becoming franchised you're paying like if you want to be in that league which is the top league you're paying millions just to get in which is you know it's insane so i uh, yeah i i just feel like right now in in esports there's such a high outflow of money so money is just flowing out but nothing is coming back in at least nothing, as we saw with like Faceland, not enough is coming back for for investment in esports to make any sense. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's interesting, but it's also kind of sad. Because I like esports. I, I mean, I, I grew up playing games and stuff like that. So, of course, I like esports. Um, but one thing we, we, we've had recently, which I think is, like, starting to make sense, or it, it makes sense, is... Um, what is it called? Like, the content creator teams. So, you have like content creators making esports orgs spending money on esports like creating esports organizations and stuff like that and then they use that for content so that adds another you know revenue stream for them which i don't know if it's gonna be profitable but it could help because it's another revenue stream right so it's another way to earn money 
and uh yeah i, I i'm really curious about how how that's how that's going to be because so we have like moist esports for example and they're owned by Moist Critical or Penguin Zero, I think it's called Charlie, and then Ludwig as well. Um, and they've said that they're bleeding money recently. Uh, they said that they were bleeding money, but they they also started talking about how it could potentially work out for them. I think. Um, because they are using this esports as a way to earn money as content, since they are like Moist Critical and, and Ludwig uh, that own Moist esports, for example, they are content creators. So they're using this as an opportunity to earn money, or or like have content content, and then you know, make content around this their esports team and that brings in, you know, viewers and stuff like that. And that is another way to sell more products like market, etc., advertise and sell more products, get more views, get more revenue, etc. So it's I'm I'm curious how that's gonna work because it could potentially be something that, you know, ends up being very it it could be something that could work out. But I'm not sure, especially if like more more and more start doing it. I feel like if the if the you know if the market becomes saturated with uh, with content creators owning esports teams, then eventually it's not gonna drag in as many views. And I also think it relies on the content creator in question being quite big like they would they would have to have quite a big following because you know if e like as we as we've seen <laughs> esports orgs are expensive <laughs> they're really expensive so not only would the content creator have to be big like ludwig and moist they're big most critical they're big content creators because they're big, they can at least maybe kind kind of recoup, <laughs> or, or you know, I mean they're bleeding money. They said, but you know maybe there's a chance you know they can actually start making money eventually because they have a big following and and you know that following can translate somewhat to their esports team as well. And then of course the esports team could just start getting fans that they don't care about. Um, Fans that don't care about you know the owners, but care more about the the actual players and stuff on those teams as well. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting with the content content created teams, I think, and I, I'm really curious how that's gonna work out. Um, and then uh, I, I'm also thinking, this guy's toast, um, which is another content content creator. He also owns. Uh, disguised another esports team in Valorant, and 
and he he recently made this like game changer uh so he has a male team in in the challenger scene like a lower i think that's like a lower tier you have like different tiers of competition within the game veteran and essentially you have like challenger is i think like the second tier um i think it's called challenger i don't know but essentially it's like the second tier so it's not and these second tier teams are competing to move up if i'm correct like move up to the first tier um and yeah uh, either way so he has that which is you know a real team for professional players um and but he also made a content creator team more or less like a team for Valorant Game Changers, which is the female league. Um, and already, unfortunately, in esports and most sports in general, like the female version of the sport doesn't get the same amount of attention, unfortunately. Um, but I think because uh, I watched uh, Valorant Game Changers, so I watched the female female tournament that they held pretty recently actually and it was really really interesting i think really interesting and it was really good really good so just randomly a shout out to valorant game changers like watch watch the next one i think there's a new one coming up soon but essentially this guy's toast made a valorant game changers team so a female team as well And it's full of content creators. And I think that's kind of like smart. I think that's genius. At least like I'm just thinking because you have this team with content creators. And of course, they're good at the game. Like you have to fulfill some requirements to even, you know, be able to get into these game game changer tournament. Right. So you like they are good. Like these girls are good at the game. They would probably destroy most of us at this game, but uh, anyways, so not only are they are they good at the game, but they're also content creators who stream and have their own fan base. And now, because you know this fan base is like now, because you have this fan base or you have this team with a lot of influencers like famous people uh, within within this you know streaming and and content creation scene maybe that is another way to start earning more money as well because these people are you know i i, I would assume that if if there is a shirt like at this guy's so this guy's game changer shirt like an official shirt uh, with the names of the players of these, you know, content creators. I would assume that those would sell pretty well. Um, so that that could be another another way. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I think like I think it works. But then again, like, and I they they've said this themselves. 
so the game the game changes like the girls on that team they've said it themselves that they're probably not you know they know they're not pro players they they're not gonna do this for a living most likely unless you know after competing they're like oh my god this is this is great but pro- most likely they won't do it for a living and um that that's what like the problem because yes well it's one way to earn revenue right if you're competing at the highest level then you would want like you would need professionals who spend all their time uh they 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 use all their time to to play the game to practice and things like that but if you're a content creator like these girls are or most of them. I think there's one pro player in, in there. And one ex-pro player. But. You, you you have so much other things to do. As a content creator. I'm sure you need to do a lot of other things as well. Um, so. I mean you need to create your content right. So. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it could work in the long term, but I think in the short term, it's one way to earn money as well. But I, the the thing is, it's it would never work in the highest echelons of of a sport. But I do think, at least you know, for for game changers as well, like just the league, like the female league itself, I think it's great. Um, and now I'm I'm not even talking about money anymore. I'm, I'm just talking about like in general, it's it's great for the female league because having all these content creators come in, especially if they manage to make it, because I think it's like qualifying tournament and then it's the actual tournament. But if they actually manage to make it to the actual tournament, there's gonna be so many eyes on that tournament just because you have this content creation team. Like all their fans are gonna be looking and cheering. So you have all all of these different, you know, fans of these these content creators looking at this tournament only because you know their their idol, like their favorite content creator, is in it. So I think this is a like either way. I think this is a great thing, just just in general, um, to earn more. Like to get more more eyes on the female female league, but yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Other than that, for like what what is happening to esports? <laughs> so we've been talking. I mean, I mean, this is what the episode is about, right? But still, I I just think it's interesting. Because esports was supposed to be, and I think it is a billion, like billion dollar, like billion dollar. Um, what is it called? Um, industry, like a billion dollar industry. Definitely, I think esports is huge. But I just think esports has so many different nuances that you 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 don't find in in traditional sports. Other than the IP thing that we already went over. I think another thing actually that we never touched on. 
But I feel like esports is also really difficult to act to get into for normal people. I just thought about it now, but because we talked about football, for example, or soccer uh, for you Americans, and like hockey, hockey might be a bit more difficult. I don't know, but like just just thinking about hockey and and uh, so ice hockey and football or soccer, like the rules for those are pretty simple. Like it's really easy for for anyone to just watch and kind of understand what is happening. Like in football, you're going, you have a ball, you kick it, and you 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 want to try to get that ball into the goal, like into your opposition goal. Like that, that's that's a concept everyone can understand. It's really easy to understand. But for esports and and games, like every esports, every esport has different rules, and every esport has different mechanics. So even if if we're talking about, like if we're talking about, like shooter shooter esports, you have what you have like Call of Duty, CS:GO, like so Counter Strike. Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, Valorant, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, um, Halo, for example. But all of them, like all of those four or five examples I, I just gave, they're, they're, they all have different, um, like they all work in different ways. They have different rules and different objectives. And even for Valorant and, and Counter-Strike, which I would say would be the more, like, most easy, like, shooters to, to understand. Basically, you have a terrorist side and you have a, a, a counter-terrorist side. So one is trying to plant a bomb and the other one is trying to stop the other team from planting a bomb. Like, that, that's a pretty simple concept. But even then, like, both... Counter-Strike and Valorant does that. They have the counter-terrorists and the terrorists. And they're trying to, you know... One 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 team is trying to stop the other team from planting a bomb. Like, they both have that simple concept. But then, if you watch the games... With Counter-Strike, you have normal smoke grenades and grenades and, and whatnot. But then, if you look at Valorant... You have all these abilities. Like, all of these... Uh, characters with a lot of different abilities and for a new person like looking at it i I was playing some valorant actually recently with um and i met someone who who uh, i met a girl who recently started playing like she's completely new to valorant Uh, and she like she had played a few hours, but she, still, what like one of the most difficult things for her, uh, from what she she said, was understanding the abilities. Even if she's playing the game, and you know she's been playing Overwatch and and a bunch of other uh, games, right? 
the the biggest difficulty for her with Valorant, for example, was understanding the ability, like what what each ability do does, and that's that's for someone who actually play games already. So imagine imagine someone who doesn't play games trying to watch a Valorant Valorant esports match. You know, <laughs> it would be chaos. Like they wouldn't understand anything. And it gets even worse if we're talking about like other titles like League of Legends or God forbid World of Warcraft. Like World of Warcraft Arena or like they have this mythic oh my god, what is like what is it called? Like they they do dungeons, like they speedrun dungeons basically. Like there's no way any person that doesn't play that game can understand it. Like it's it's impossible well it's not impossible but it's like highly unlikely that some some random person you know who's never played the game can can look at that and be like oh this is fun i understand what's happening you know i can enjoy this no they're just gonna be there confused and probably like switch the channels like look somewhere else because they don't understand right so that's also like one of the biggest problems with esports you have you have these games where where you know if you don't play the game then you're gonna have a hard time understanding what is happening of course there are esports like uh, rocket league for example uh, which is essentially it's just football or soccer uh, with cars so that's probably an esports anyone could look at and understand like enjoy because it's literally just you know you're trying to get the ball into the goal of your opposition like that's all <laughs> but when it comes to like the other esports so fighting games shooting games like these kind of things that's just impossible to understand even as someone who plays a lot of games, I mean, I play Valorant, I play, uh, I play Overwatch, I, I played World of Warcraft, like I, I, I play a lot of games. I played a lot of games. But even as someone who plays these games, it's hard to understand. Like it's hard to understand what is happening sometimes, even for me. Like I was, I was watching Valorant games. Um, like VCT America, I think that's that's the highest, like the highest level of Valorant, competitive Valorant, and it it recently started. And I was watching some of the games, and I, I had no clue what was happening. Like, it was just like everyone's using their abilities, and then people were dying left and right. And also, like, I'm sorry, Valorant, but the spectating in Valorant. It's so bad. It's so bad, I think. Like, you're, you're missing so many kills and, and things like that. You're missing so many moments because in games like Valorant and Counter-Strike as well, like, if, if you hit someone in the head, they instantly die. Like, there's no... Which makes sense. It's a good, like, rewarding gameplay, I guess. Like, every time you play, if you get a headshot, like you want to aim at the head, and if you, you know, can can instantly kill them with a headshot, that's that's nice. But like, because it's kind of fast paced like that, and people die like they drop like flies. 
it's hard for spectators to do anything like to to what can I say to to show all the action um and yeah like it can be very confusing and that's also something that's really holding esports back as we as yeah as we talked about um it's unfortunate because I love esports I love esports so much I mean I watch hockey I love hockey um I watch a lot of NHL uh, and of course I love I love watching the World Cup as well uh but I I just I love esports man I really love esports so so it's unfortunate that esports is not more accessible and it's unfortunate and this is also like one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because I love esports but I, like it kind of feels like esports is going under in a way and it kind of feels like this break you know into mainstream for esports is not like it's over it's not gonna happen that, that's the feeling i get because you have all these teams all these big te- big teams laying off people there was this controversy with uh, one of the teams, Cloud9. They dropped. They literally signed a player. They played him for like he played two games or whatever with with the team, and then they dropped him. Um. And they say it's not for money reasons, but or f- they say it's not for financial reasons. But basically, everyone just agrees that it's probably financial reasons no matter what they're saying because this player in question was one of the most highly regarded players uh, he was seen as one of the best players in at his you know in his role and, and things like that in his game so um so he probably you know commanded a lot of money and yeah they they dropped him uh just after two two matches. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's sad. It's sad to see. I really hope, like, uh, this is also why I'm, I was happy to see the, the, like, I'm sad to see where esports is going with, you know, Face Clan going to shit. And, um, you know, all of these layoffs, like TSM and CLG, like one of the most historic rivalries in in, um, in League of Legends and esports. Like, just gone like that because, because, uh, because of money problems, most likely. Um, it's like, it's sad. But yeah, on the flip side, I am excited to see the content creators that are getting into this, that are getting into esports, because that is also one way to get more eyes on esports and one way to to get esports maybe more to the mainstream. Because, you know, these content creators, while yes, they're, they're gamers, like they play games, but they're also more... 
accessible, I guess, like to 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 everyone. At least you know younger audiences or young adults. Um, and that can you know kind of help bring more people into esports, which you know that's exciting. And also maybe they can find a way to actually start earning money and making esports profitable. Um, because that's also one of the problems, right? With uh, with all of these suits coming into esports, like all of these businessmen coming into esports, one of the problem is that they don't understand how it works. They just see an opportunity to to potentially earn money and invest in something that's gonna be big, and something that is big. Like as a matter of fact, esports is big, but they don't understand how it works. They don't understand what the people there want. Um, they don't understand that it costs a lot of money. Uh, so they just come in and expecting to earn money, but then they have no idea how to run an organization and things like that. Like they, they know maybe how to run a business, a traditional business, but not like esports is, is a completely different thing. Right. So, so, um, it's exciting to see these content creators who are people involved in the esports scene, who, who play these games and who knows about content creating or content creation and, and you know, things like that uh, to see what they can do. Um, because they do have much more inside knowledge and they know all of these, you know, they know, they know a lot of, you know, people within esports probably and, and things like that. So it's going to be interesting uh, because it can be one way, like they can find a way maybe to start earning money and making esports profitable. So, um, I am excited about that at least. So, there are some positives still in esports, and it's you know still fun to watch. Um, but yeah, there's also a lot of shit, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of things going not so good in esports uh, right now. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so oh my god. Like I was just I just looked up some business insights for example on esports but um it's at in 2021 the market was valued at 1.22 billion dollars. Esports market was valued at one point twenty two billion dollars, and ex- it's expected to grow to five point four billion by twenty twenty nine. Like that's insane. Like th- this is the reason why I a lot of people, um. This is the reason why a lot of these suits are coming into esports because, as you can see, like going from one billion to like five, almost six billion dollars in the span of just you know what was it like ten years or something? Well, it's less like like eight years, like from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty nine. Like eight years, going from one point twenty two to five point, what was it like forty nine or something billion dollars? 
Like that's huge. That's uh, like that's a compound annual growth rate of like twenty one percent or something. It says. But that's yeah. Now that's now we're getting a bit more into financial things, so which might be, why not more, might not be interesting. But that's huge. Like a com compound growth rate of twenty one percent. Like that's insane. Most market sizes have like, like even big markets like food markets and stuff. I think they're like expected to grow by like six ish percent. Like they have a compound annual growth rate of like six percent or something usually so like 21 percent, like that's insane but yeah so uh so you can see why these suits are coming in it's just they don't understand esports and i like i feel bad for for face just coming back to the face point again like i feel bad for them well I do, but also they have earned millions, so maybe not that bad, but still. Because <laughs> it's kind of like FaZe is this brand that everyone knows. Like, if you walk up to, to a person in the States you could and ask them if they know about FaZe Clan, um, I feel like most of the time people would say, like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I've heard of them, at least. So they have, like, this huge brand. But even with this huge brand, like, they're 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 in the dumps. And, like, their creators are not getting paid. There was a scandal about the contract as well, like, taking, taking like, 70%. Was it 70%? I don't know. I think it was, like, 70% of their earnings. Maybe that's completely off. So don't don't take my word for it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I'm kind of curious, though, what you guys think. Um, so for, for all of you who actually made it this far, <laughs> I've been like ranting about this topic, about esports for 56 minutes now, something like that, 50, 50 something minutes now. So if you made it this far, I'm so curious, uh, if like, what do you think the future of esports look like? Cause the forecast looks good, at least money wise and like market size wise. Um, But yeah, and then we have the problem. So just another thing I just randomly thought about as well, like the problem about the games themselves. Like how long will the games stay relevant? I think Counter-Strike Global, like Counter-Strike itself has been relevant for super long. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, like CSGO came out 19 years ago apparently which you know uh, or it came out in 2020 no 20 2012 so that's like 10 years no we're 23 so like 11 years yeah so it came out CSGO came out like 11 years and it's still relevant today but how many games can have that, like, longevity? Like, if we think about League of Legends, like, even League has been out for so, like, so long. Um, and it's still relevant now. 
And I mean, Counter Strike itself has been out for 19 years, and it's been relevant in the esports scene for for all that time as well. So that like that's another thing to think about, like with football and and basketball and, and uh, hockey and and things like that. Like those are sports that have they don't age. Like those sports don't age. Because I think one of the reasons they don't age as well, of course, like everyone plays it, everyone grows up with it. So it's something that's always gonna stay, I think. Like those like real sports are always it's always gonna be there. The problem with esports is that the games change. And the games, you know, go out of you know out of fashion. Like people stop playing the games and things like that. And for example, with uh, with some games like League of Legends, for anyone who has played League of Legends, you know that there are like s- hundreds of champions now. When I started playing League of Legends in, in I think it was season two, like it, it was a long, long time ago. There was not even half, like less than half of the champions that exist now. And the graphics were like completely different. It was it was such a di- almost a different game. But but that's the thing as well. Like the the games. For in, in the case of league, you can't just keep on going adding champions, right? Like you can't just end up with like a thousand champions. Like that that's not gonna work. At least I can I can't imagine it's gonna work. So eventually the game is gonna die and what happens then like do 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 they make a new new league of legends and then what would that new league of legends be like is it is it just the same game or what if it ends up being a flop like that's that's the thing with esports as well like you have the games but the games have have a lifespan most likely. Like, they're, they're going to die out eventually. I don't think anyone is going to play Valorant for... For... Um, for 10 plus years. At least I can't, I, can't, I can't see that happening. I feel like something else more exciting might, will come out during that time. And then what happens to those leagues? Like there's so many like these are so many questions that we have or at least I have about esports. Like especially with the franchise leagues. I think I heard from from Moist Critical. I heard from Charlie. I was watching one of his videos, I think it was, and I think he said I think it was Charlie, I'm not sure. I I think it was Moist Critical, but I think it was something about that that esports is very community based or or was it Charlie maybe it was someone else either way but it's like what makes esports is the community right like esports is it's a community coming together and and playing these games together or or like watching the best players compete 
something like that. But now that you're friend and and that could work like that if if that's how Eastward is, I feel like that could always work if it's more casual like that. But with franchising, I'm not sure it's gonna work. Like, I don't like franchi franchising esports e because you're alienating like so many teams, and of course you can't you can't just have a league with all the teams. Like, uh, I understand that, but it's it's kind of like. Only the big teams have a chance of getting into a like have a chance of getting a franchise spot, but they have to shell out a lot of money for that, and because they have to shell out a lot of money for it, you know that that's that eats into their their uh, like in their into their fina financials, and I think that's also one of the reasons why a lot of uh, organizations. Uh, don't have any money because they're paying millions to be in this franchise spot. And then, like, on top of that, like, when the game dies, as we talked about, when the game actually dies out, which it will do eventually, I'm pretty sure, like, most, most games have a life, life cycle. Uh, like, when, when the game actually dies out, what happens to the league? Like they're not gonna, you're not gonna keep on making leagues for for these games, and you're not gonna keep up, like you're not gonna keep a league that's not making money, right? Like for that game, you're not gonna you're not gonna keep, um, like. You 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 won't be able to have franchising for a game that's dead. Like all the big teams are gonna move on. I'm pretty sure at least, you know, if they're smart, they're moving on from from that probably. So yeah, I'm I'm really curious what's gonna happen with franchising in the future, especially when when the game, you know, dies out. I don't know if CSGO has franchising. I don't... Do they? I don't think they do, right? Yeah, esports is one hell of a topic to talk about, man. There's so much to talk about. I mean, especially since this is just me rambling by myself. I've been talking about this topic for like an hour now. All by myself. Um, I guess I also have a lot of, lot of things to say, but still. Um... Yeah, I'm 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 really interested. I'm really interested. And also now that um now that uh what what is it? Counter Strike two. So Counter Strike like CSGO. Counter Strike is getting a new game or like it's not new but like revamped, upgraded game. So that's gonna be interesting as well to see what happens to the CS scene. Um. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested in that, actually. Um. 
And then we, of course, we also had the E3, like the biggest gaming conference, not gaming conference, but like gaming announcement event. I don't know what what you call it, like convention, games convention. Uh, they're basically done because there's not enough interest, they said. I don't know if that really has anything to do with esports, but I kind of feel like it does. But maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's just another like loss for gaming. But it makes sense because like you don't have to go to like for companies they don't earn anything by by announcing their stuff at E3 anymore. They can just announce it online and, and it's probably going to get more views and like more eyes on on it. But like a gaming company announcing its own product online like on YouTube or their, at their own event probably gets more views or more eyes on it than it would do at e E3 for example. But then again like if if you did E3 and then it was a live streamed I almost feel like it it can get more views than than a regular. I don't know, man. But either way, that like that's a loss for gaming, I think. But I can understand why. You know, if if E three doesn't have enough interest from from companies, then of course they can't go ahead because it's not going to be worth it for them. Um. And, you know, without without anyone wanting to showcase their games at E three, then you know. The, the convention can't go ahead. But I think that's very unfortunate. I guess that's just a side tangent. And has nothing to do with esports. But <laughs> yeah. It, it's still on, in the topic of gaming. But uh, I just wanted to touch on that. I'm kind of sad E3 is over. Uh, but yeah. I guess that's all um, All for this episode about esports. I, uh, I'm really curious about what, what you guys think about esports. So if you... Um, I don't know, depending on where you're listening to this on, like if you're listening on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts, then... Uh, I mean, leave a, leave a comment. Leave a comment and say what you think. Uh, I'm going to try to read them all. Uh, at least I'm going to try to read as many as, as I can. And uh, if I if I see any comments, I'm, uh, I might bring up some comments in the next uh, next podcast as well or in a future podcast episode as well. So, um, yeah. But I'm really curious what you guys think of esports and the future of esports because... As I said, like there's so much uncertainty around it, with you know the money, uh, because it's not being profitable for organizations to be in esports. Um, with this franchising thing, uh, because you know, it's all dependent on games, and if you're franchising and the game dies out, like what happens? And you know, the game won't last forever, probably. 
Um, and then, of course, I'm just curious what you guys think of the face situation as well. Because, uh, you know, face went, pro- as we talked about, like face went public and, and now they're at 0.44 cents. No, 44 cents, 0.44 dollars. So I'm curious what you guys think of think of that as well. Is it is it forty four cents? Now I'm unsure. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm not American, so I I don't know. I don't know well about cents and things like that. I I just know dollars. So zero point forty four dollars, anyways. I don't know what that is in cents, but <laughs> I'm guessing it's forty four cents. If I understand sense correctly, I might be just completely dumb. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, um, please leave a comment saying what you guys th- think about esports, or maybe just what you think about you know this episode as a whole, um, and what you guys want to see as well, like topics, topics you want to hear about my opinion about, because I, as you might have noticed, I love talking. So you know, any any anything you want to hear about. No, just just write it in the comments as well. Um, you know, if if you liked if you liked this episode, please you know leave a leave a review or something like like subscribe if you're on YouTube or yeah follow the podcast if you're on Spotify and 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 Apple Podcasts and things like that. Anyways, that's it for this episode. I I'll see you guys in the next one. So. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a great day or a great night or uh, yeah. (laughs) See ya.